welcome to Why Didn't You Tell Me? So this is a podcast that deals in nostalgia and education. So everything from how Henry VIII wasn't going to help us get mortgages and Pythagoras' theorem was actually never going to help us sort out tax. So this is an opportunity as young black men to look back on the things that we've learned and correct it, as well as inspire the generation to follow us. So with that being said, welcome to Why Didn't You Tell Me? Just before we start, I just want to introduce ourselves. So uh, my name is Thierry. I go by the name of Felix Afrique. I'm Tanashi. And I guess together we are uh, a very cool collective of young, black, <laughs> talented men. Um, and with that being said, I just want to start off with a quick cheers, fellas. Chin Chin, welcome. Cheers. Cheers. Look at this guy. Jesus, Mary and Joseph. <laughs> Firstly, I said to this guy, yeah, let's come in looking cool. <laughs> what is that on his head? No comment. This podcast was brought to you by Northern Monk, a brewery from the north that made the sickest beers with the maddest flavours. What we love most about Northern Monk is that they are community focused and bring positivity back to the north. And that's why we've teamed up with Nova Monk to support our community. So support your local community and put your money where your mouth is and have a little faith. We're going to slowly get into it. So the structure of this is we're going to approach a few questions. So two main topics as well as some audience questions that are focused around the topic of today, which is alternative or different career paths. So with that being said, let's start off actually just by asking you guys, how on earth you got here? So what is it that you do now and how did you get here? So Felix. So it is very interesting. So I'm going through a transition right now. So I work as an international project officer right now. Um, I'm transitioning into an international project manager. Um, and just how I got here has been just an interesting journey. So um, in terms of education, I did my GCSEs. I didn't get that really good of grades and what I just kind of got from there was I did my A-levels and in my A-levels I did kind of a little bit worse than what I knew <laughs> that I was capable of. But from there I went to Bradford University. Bradford University I finished my degree in politics and peace studies and then I went on to do a master's in media studies. Again, I didn't do too well in that, but I saw an opportunity for myself to kind of just develop even more um, throughout my years of university, I was involved in like student activities. So um, most people know me actually as the hype man of life. Always. <laughs> this guy, man, honestly, any party, any DJ, wherever there's a live set, he was there. In the job which I'm transitioning into right now is I'm going to be project managing a job, uh, a job and a project in uh, Rwanda, where I still Bob, have Bob. basis here in the UK. And I think just my whole journey has been a journey about discovering what I'm passionate about yeah. and the main passion of my life is young people yeah. and how young people can develop out of every single circumstance. I grew up in Birmingham and even though I don't sound like a Brumden. <laughs> Thank God. I mean, <laughs> shout out to my, to my Brummies out there. Um, you know, I love being a Brummie. Nah. It's the brightest thing in the world. Um, but for me, that just that formation of that growing up in Birmingham then now growing up in the west of Yorkshire is that it's given me that formula formulation to understand people from the south of England, but then the north of England, and then create projects which really encompass their growth. So I think, you know, where I'm at right now is more understanding how I can uplift young people 
through project management, through different uh, funding streams, but then also to give them opportunities as well. I think that's the most important thing for me is that, you know, there's people who I grew up with who gave me opportunities to be on stage, to be, you know, get work experience. And what I need to do now as a young person is giving them the same opportunity. No, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And he calls himself young, but this man is a liar. Um, I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> but in a similar vein, Tanache, so yeah. tell us a little bit about your brief history. Yeah, I think, you know, in terms of unconventional career path, mm. uh, I've definitely done it all. Everything you can think of, I've been there, done that. Mm. Um, so kind of, you know, uh, leaving, leaving sixth form college, uh, went to university, studied medicinal chemistry. Uh, the aim was to kind of get into like medicine and the classic and black classic, family career yeah, path. Eh? Exactly. Going We're going to be a doctor today. That's I'm it, telling you, that's it. That's it. And, you know, but unfortunately, the way my grades were set up, like, <laughs> man can't me. facilitate that. You know? Yeah, it didn't quite work out. So yeah, didn't quite get the kind of grades I needed to kind of you know progress into that career uh, mm. straight away. Um, and you know what? The feedback that I found most of the time um, from interviewing straight after uni was you needed kind of you know. A placement year or an industry year mm-hmm. but it's something that I really didn't think about you yeah. know when I was looking at my sort of career development and my career path so yeah um, I got offered a job at Majestic Wine so you know yes. kind of doing working in the wine industry so yeah that was that was an eye opener to mm. be honest because at that point I couldn't tell you the difference between red and white wine <laughs> which is mad because it's quite obvious yeah. <laughs> well, I mean it's the headache clearly <laughs> But yeah, it was just like it was. It was a really eye-opening experience in terms of like learning about different wines, different regions. You know where wines are made from. You know how champagnes made. And it, it, do you know what? It was a really good experience. And one of the feedbacks that I got from interviewing was try and get sales experience. Mm. And at that point, it, it was that that job working as a salesperson in wine. You know, mm. so I thought two and two together. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I love it. It's a no-brainer, right? Um, so yeah, kind of did that for a while, and then thought to myself what's the next step mm-hmm. um, so got into uh, recruitment so oil and gas recruitment uh, again that was kind of That's a, a twist and a half isn't it <laughs> exactly yeah, <laughs> from so wine to oil and gas exactly you can see the link there yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you can see from kind of going from you know from uh, yeah uh, so wine merchant industry going to to, to to recruitment that was again a different change of culture mm. uh, it was working in the city in London mm. so the kind of experiences of actually being in the city and you know kind of work in the city going out in the city the hustle mm. that's involved that was quite interesting and eye-opening I bet, I bet. yeah in, in terms of in terms of actually the exposure that role gave me you know it was really really diverse in the sense that I managed to kind of work in um you know asian markets managed to work in american markets worked in european markets so really it was the first time in my life really where i was kind of having that contact mm. on a global scale uh, and I thought it really kind of, you know, it, it, it really kind of taught me a lot of lessons. And it was, it was a really kind of fast-paced, cutthroat yeah. environment. If you think kind of Wolf of Wall Street, you know, there's a bell on the wall, ringing a bell, that sort of thing. It was that mad. mad. <laughs> yeah, honestly. <laughs> wow. And then kind of moved on to um, so the natural progression. I've always wanted to work within the medical industry. Um, natural progression was to, to use my sales experience and my business and commercial experience and your degree as yeah, well and my degree exactly yeah, yeah to, don't forget that <laughs> you don't, don't forget, forget that 40 grand paycheck <laughs> didn't quite pay that, that much so you your accent is not like mine so yeah. mine is probably predominantly down south yeah. kind of London stuff so where did you grow up so I've, I've grown up everywhere so I've, I've lived 
everywhere. Mm-hmm. I, I lived in Zimbabwe um, up until I was sort of 12, 13. Mm-hmm. Um, and then moved to Leeds. Uh, that's where I know Thierry from. <laughs> so we went to school together. Uh, went to sixth form college together. Yeah, Notre Dame, man. Since like ages ago. That's where all the greatest were, were created. I don't know about you, Felix, but uh, yeah. this is where all the greatest were born. That's it, and Notre Times, yeah. yeah. It seems like ages ago. And then kind of went to Loughborough Uni, and then from Loughborough Uni moved to London, and then I'm back in the north, man. This is it. Yeah. Um, King of the North is home back. Home is home, do you know? This is it. This is it. But the North remembers now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that game but, um, yeah, that yeah. is. But I basically, yeah, ended up kind of using my kind of commercial uh, experience within the wine industry and within recruitment to, to get a job in, in, in pharmaceutical sales. And that's where I am. I work in clinical nutrition. So yeah. what I do is basically um, I work with patients that haven't got a gut, so they can't actually eat uh, processed food. Wow. And we provide intravenous feeds for them. Uh, oh, and wow. basically that keeps them, you know, keeps them alive. So it's, it's a really fulfilling role, yeah. but you can see how I've had to kind of move around Convolute. to get, to, well, get yeah. to the promised land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I think it. a lot of my career kind of mirrors uh, what you guys have done. So, yeah, I went to um, a grammar school. I think I've done like nine institutions by the time I'm actually finishing education, which is actually <laughs> insane when you think about it. Jesus, collecting them. Imagine if I got like a Tesco stamp for that. Yeah. I'll get so much stuff for free right now. That's at least a free cost of coffee. Um, <laughs> and so uh, so I went to then, uh, yeah, Notre Dame College. And so then that's where I met Tanache. I was a very average student. I always have been, God's honest truth, I've always been an average individual in that sense. But um, in terms of, I never really stuck my head above the parapet. I went to Leeds University, uh, studied biological sciences. Um, absolutely hated the course loved the people why did you study um, that course um, I studied the course because my parents were like listen big man you need to be a doctor and I said I'm sorry but my brain is not set up like that I don't have the degrees or the capacity to be able to deliver that so that's interesting are your parents um, in the medical industry or um, so my dad has multiple degrees and PhDs and um, as you can imagine with any African father education is first and foremost in everything that we do and yeah. so yeah absolutely and my mum's my, my a nurse as well so yeah they're very uh, well established and well achieved kind of um, people and so yeah I went to university and then I quickly realised this isn't for me um, then I did a masters in marketing um, I did various jobs bars pubs the lot uh, you name it I did it um, and then I quickly realised that actually marketing might be my thing it's a, it's a mixture of um, the analytical mindset and people and I think that's what I really uh, didn't realise that was the, the thread throughout everything because I've done degrees and all kinds of stuff and everything and so yeah um, I quickly realised that that was a thing to do and here I am today I'm the data and insights manager at Rise at 7 the best digital agency in the country and soon to be the world uh, right. mark my words um, yeah. and so yeah so I guess in terms of that sense then from a career perspective and kind of unconventional career paths um, do you think that our parents um, in fact, how much of an influence do you reckon our parents actually had on where we've ended up today? To, to be honest with mine, I think it was the subtle way that they have done it. Mm, it subtle? Was, <laughs> I was, like, was going to say, I was like, but the slippers what? weren't that subtle at my house. It's like, obviously, I think all of us have... I came to the United Kingdom when I was five. So I wasn't born here, but I've had so many opportunities here, which I'm really grateful for. And I think from my parents, it came more of the perspective of Felix Junior. 
do as best as you can, <laughs> but it has to be excellent. Yeah, <laughs> it's one of those situations where do you remember you used to take your like um, you take like whatever report card or test that you had from that day to your parents and go, yo, your mum, you know, I got eighty percent, and your dad would be like, listen. Where, where is that rest of that 20? Huh? Did the 20 <laughs> drop from when you left school to come home? Where did it go? I'm thinking, that is the top of the class, man. What are you talking about here? It's like, no, 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 no. Top of the class is 100. Mm. <laughs> so it's, it's really interesting, actually. My parents kind of led by example in the sense that, so my, my dad and my mum, you know, when they moved over here, their qualifications were, I guess, void when they moved over. Yeah, that's the same, yeah, man. And, and basically, they started kind of lower level jobs, you know, uh, yeah. sort of cleaning jobs, uh, bus driving jobs, that sort of thing. Um, and basically my parents went to uni whilst I was at school isn't that um, mad that graft even <laughs> yeah, just exactly. us as men right now they would have had all of us yeah. at our, the age yeah. we stand yeah. here today so I remember when my dad uh, graduated my mum did this thing where she was basically said that um, my me and my brothers had to be present we had to be there mm. when we saw my dad walk on the stage mm. and get his you know his certificate yeah. and that was such a powerful moment for me because it was the first time in my life I'd seen anyone in my family mm. sort of graduate or you know kind of achieve something mm. in, a, in an education sector so really it was kind of the bar was set so high yeah. there was no there wasn't any other option really yeah, yeah. than to kind of yeah go to uni yeah. and try and try and you know and try and get an academic degree and my mum always worked within healthcare so mm. I think maybe that's that's where that influence yeah. was there you know so it was all social care she's she works as a um, you know as a physio at the moment so yeah. Yeah. it's those sort of things that yeah. you know that yeah and so then <laughs> and so then do you think that either of you essentially even all of us do you reckon then that we do you think we needed our degrees or the academic stamp of approval to get to where we were today or did we do it to appease our parents as as whatever it may be and then actually took our own alternative paths in the back route because what what i'm listening to quite a lot of us say is going yeah i went and i studied this but actually during my spare time mm. this was exactly. my my hobby yeah, of course yeah. you know what i mean i think for me my first job actually was um was working in a prison that was literally my introduction Mad. to the working world. I worked in prisons and young offender referral wow. institutes. So imagine being 17, turning 18, yeah. and your first job is in prison. I mean, that's a life lesson. Yeah. At least you know where not to return, <laughs> at least. But that's... So was that like work experience? Like what? No, it wasn't. It, it came out of a kind of a weird situation. So I was heavily into the arts. Yeah. So again, like, I presume with all of us is that we had academic ability but that was our passion yeah, yeah. my passion was yeah. really like in theater especially musical theater okay so i did that for a couple of years and then when i got my first job is that someone referred me to say yo yeah. felix is very talented in this yeah. and again and i think what's the the kind of uh kryptonite for young black people but then young people as a whole is to understand their talent as something which is ingrained in, some, yeah. in, in themselves from an early age mm. and something which they can work on. So when someone said that I was talented, I didn't believe I was yeah. talented. Yeah. But until I got into the role and saw that actually my talent could speak to other people, I was yeah. like, yo, actually I could do this. Mm. And I worked that job for like four years. So in between the transition of, you know, sixth form mm. all the way to the end of university. And through that is that obviously I was studying whatever I was studying and I was studying politics and peace studies. Yeah. And I remember distinctively, distinctively, like I had a passion for theatre and I wanted to be an actor and that's yeah. what I wanted to embold. 
but the back of my mind was my African parents yeah. saying, yeah. Junior, you yeah. need to have a good vocation. <laughs> yeah. Something to fall back on. Fall back yeah. on. Yeah, and they, they, to, to an extent, they were right, because yeah. yeah. I think a lot of men back then, we um, given the opportunity, I do genuinely think a lot of us would have chose uh, performing arts and things like that, but yeah. we'll get we'll get back onto that subject a little bit later. Yeah, yeah man, like <laughs> me and Tanache, me and Tanache used to throw it down, man, on yeah. stage. First time I ever met Tanache, he was on stage performing, and honestly, it was absolutely incredible. But, um, but yeah, so lovely. So I guess that gives us kind of a taster as to where we've come from and where we've kind of got to. Questions from the public, right? For this section and this segment, we have three questions from the public. And what we're going to do is quick fire round. Uh, we're going to go around and basically answer how we think, feel, or other ways kind of have been brought up to think or feel. <laughs> um, so do you feel as young black men, you have to be overqualified to be qualified? Interesting. Okay. I'm going to go first. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think we do. Mm. The reason I say this is yeah. that um, multiple times I've seen uh, myself apply for a job where um, they go, you don't have enough experience. But on paper, work-wise, yeah, absolutely, I, I do. I, I, it matches on, on par. And so then I think that there is a situation that arises in quite a lot of times, especially during recruitment, where I have to be substantially more overqualified than is necessary to be physically considered. Yeah. Yeah, and so I don't know if you, any of you guys have ever had any experience with any of that kind of stuff. Um, I think for me, especially working like education, is that you need to be overqualified, but then your work experience needs to speak of your successes. Mm. And in the terms of successes, especially as a project manager, is winning bids. Yeah. Um, and where I've come from is that I haven't really had that experience, mm. but I've had the experience of kind of creating stuff for myself. But that doesn't even still add weight to the basis of, oh, have you won a million pounds worth of bids? Mud. But then when I come across as saying, yo, mm. look at me, I've got three degrees, yeah. I've got BA, right, masters. I feel like you just quickly you you really moved too quickly on that <laughs> one. So let's wheel that up. Let's just pull up, pull up, pull up, pull up. So you got three degrees. I got three degrees. Jesus. So technically, okay. I'm working on my final one. Yeah. But it's still that emphasis of like, yo, I need to be so overqualified yeah. that I need to get to a manager position. Yeah. So in my current role, when I started, I started. Uh, beginning my masters already knowing mm. that if I wanted to be a project manager I needed to have that uh, academic basis to say yo look at me more than just what my work experience is mm. so having I have three degrees in three different aspects Mind. so I have a degree in politics and peace studies mm -hmm. and then I have a degree in media studies and then I have a degree you know almost completing now in marketing and management all three different realms right. and I've made sure that the way I transition between all three of them mm. is that I make a familiar line which says I'm a sick marketer yeah I'm a sick person who knows how to do policy mm -hmm. I'm a sick person who can actually do management at the same time yeah. but I'm one person with all that experience absolutely at 28 Absolutely, because I reckon Tanashi. I remember we were talking about something as well, similar to that, wasn't it? About marketing and yeah. So I think I think my my view of it is slightly different. I think I think I don't necessarily think you need to be overqualified. I think you need to be qualified in the right thing. Yeah. Okay. To get so I'm gonna put a twist in. This. Yeah, 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 yeah. Devil's advocate. Yeah, I think I just think um, a lot of the times 
you know, you kind of go with the bandwagon and you do, uh, you know, either kind of a, you know, a degree that maybe is not going to actually help you in terms of what you're trying to achieve. So what I think, you know, going to the top of the top of the, of the podcast, which is why did no one tell me? Yeah. It's actually maybe if you want if you want a position in management. Are you doing a, a degree or a course in leadership? Very mm. true. Do you know what I mean? Like, Very are you true. doing a, a relevant skill to actually assist you in, in the roles? And I think mm. that's where maybe the, the kind of differences are. Mm. So I don't think necessarily you need to be overqualified. Mm. And I certainly haven't had, had those experiences in the roles that I've been. It's probably that I haven't had the right qualifications to move into the you know, desired industry. Do you know what? <laughs> You've got me there. Do you know what? You've got me there. You've got me there. Perfect. So... Now, on to question two, right? So, if money was no object, what career path would you have taken? Um, I'm, I'm going to start with this one. Go on. So, I think growing up, uh, watching you know, some of my idols, I wanted to be a dancer. I think yeah, performing yeah, arts was, was definitely what I thought. Yeah, you know, if, if money wasn't a thing, yeah. <laughs> that's definitely what I wanted to do. But I think the older I got, and and actually seeing the, the the evolution of my parents, you know, moving from one country to the other, and the change, and yeah. how all of a sudden all the qualifications or the kind of credentials were lost, it was it's a big reality check. It's really yeah. grounding. It's really humbling. And I think my values of security mm. went higher up than yeah. my, than my <laughs> but then values. Al- but then also that that, that's, <laughs> that speaks to our that speaks to our generation because yeah. back then we weren't seeing people making money from dancing. Do you know what I mean? No. Now we've got yeah. the likes of like um, Lyle Beniga, who is like the backing dancer for Justin Timberlake, and Pascal, we've yeah. got yeah, yeah and the twins, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so then and then we've got like the royal family um, in, in New Zealand, and the, yeah. the tours that they're doing and the things that they're doing with like Fenty and uh, Rihanna and all that kind of stuff. And there's some real money to be made back mm. then. Just what I mean. And so then I guess as soon as we say is money no object, what would you do? We almost pick the bits that in our generation growing up we saw no financial yeah. output from even though the passion was kind of there so yeah. it's mad how it's then flipped and changed now you know what I mean and people are kind of making money from those as you say creative yeah, bits but what, what about yourself Felix money think, or no you know, object just to continue that little kind of a bit of conversation I think what we've kind of done as a generation and as a time and as society as a whole is reimagined what we are what is the basis of life is the basis of life to have security or is it the basis of life to have passion and forward thinking mm. ideas? And I think for myself, looking back at, you know, what I would have really wanted to get into is that I would have first have said to be an actor, to be on stage and to have that money and that accolade and to have people looking at yeah. me. But I think the older that I've got and I've understood that a platform really kind of gives you the opportunity to show your flaws to the world mm-hmm. more than show your um, your best bits. Yeah. So I think for me, now, in that kind of forward-thinking way, I'd want to be a presenter. I'd want to be a person mm-hmm. who brings yeah. communities and cultures and people together to understand the differences in the world, but what is actually your passion? I think what I, makes you tick? I think they overlap. I think now, like you said, because mm. of the role models and um, actually the visibility of, you know, having a career and creating the creative pathway, mm. you can have security and passion yeah. together. Yes. So those two, I think there's a bit of overlap now. Yeah, and there I think really is. It's just having that, you know, that visibility and seeing people, mm. you know, seeing that success. I think generally speaking, 
you know, you don't do something unless you see some kind of template yeah, of success. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> well, I mean, that's yeah. no word of a lie. That's exactly why we're here today yeah. in the sense of being like, uh, we are a certain template that it may not fit everybody, but there might be that one person that looks at us and goes, mm. oh my God, I'd love to do something that you guys yeah. did. And so from my perspective, in the sense of um, if money were no uh, were an object, I would have actually looked into two things. Um, I would have looked similar to Felix as well. I would have looked into TV presenting and becoming a presenter as well. I just think that the career, the path around that, um, I felt like was a little bit expensive in the sense of like, I would have had to move to London. At that time, yeah, the, the jobs were yeah. in London, do you know what I mean? Like Channel 4 hadn't come to Leeds and things like that. And yeah. so there weren't, those opportunities meant that you would have to give up that financial security in order to kind of pursue yes. it. And then secondly, I would have pursued, do you know what? I would have become a pilot, you know? I've yeah. always wanted yeah, to, to become a pilot. <laughs> like, Big it sounds man. mad, but yeah. who's going to throw down 80 racks straight off the bat? Imagine yeah. going to my mum and be like, listen, mum, I've got this passion, yeah? Yes. I might not pass, I might not pass, but hear me out. My mum must become a pilot. My mum would be like, eh? My mum would be like, listen, you're going to tell yeah. me to put 80 grand down before we even see you pass something. Mm. But, but you know what sweating. it is? As first generation you know, immigrants, I don't mm. think we had that opportunity. You, you know, your parents were yeah. already rooting their lives from one country to yeah. the other. So they and rebuilt have, it. Exactly. And rebuilt it. So mm. probably wouldn't have that kind of savings to, to, yeah. you know, to that amount to allow you mm. to kind of invest into that, you know, into that career yeah, path. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. so, I mean, it just goes to show. So then, I mean, between us, uh, clearly a very creative output had yeah. money not been an option. So um, on to question three. So this one is an interesting one, actually, uh, that was sent in. So at GCSE, if you told your family you were studying performing arts or yeah. a creative course, what would they have said? I studied all of those as, yeah. <laughs> as like my GCSEs and uh, A-levels. And I think kind of the, the most interesting thing for me is that it actually wasn't my parents. It was somebody from the actual education system who kind of said the most detrimental, mm. positive thing. So obviously, I think when we went to college and uh, university, it was a very transformative time. It was 2008 going into three um, into the 2010, two years later. Yeah. And for me, that was the Obama era. And as a drama student, as someone who was feeling that that was where my passion and my future was, I kind of had an epiphany where I was like, yo, if you look at politics, it is the greatest form of theater. All that's, of them you know that's interesting. That's well, true, because there's plenty of clowns right now, I'm telling you. Absolutely. They play a character in front of everyone. Yeah. So as a person who was studying drama, I was like, yo, I love politics, I love speaking yeah. in front yeah. of people. This is who I can be. And I remember specifically my drama teacher at A level was like, yo, Felix, what do you want to do for university? I was mm. like, yo, I'm gonna study politics. And she was like, Felix. I truly believe that you're going to be great at it, but it will be the biggest waste of your talents wow. if you ever, ever went into that realm. And I was just like... Wow, that's a... <laughs> I feel like they were very overly invested yeah, in your future was, there. <laughs> Felix, please, please, Felix, please don't do it. <laughs> it's a bit strong. It's interesting, yeah. isn't it? I think I think from, from my parents' perspective... Um, they were always quite academics, yes. so maybe in Same. that sense, it, you know, I, I always kind of grew up with mm. that around me. So maybe I didn't think actually as creative arts as an option. Interestingly, though, my sisters and my brothers went into kind of music industry, you know, filming and acting mm. and that sort of thing. And so then, were you were you the first born? 
Absol- by any chance? Middle child. Yeah. Middle child. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, well, that's interesting because I was just yeah. thinking so like... about the trend. Yeah, so, well, well yeah. yeah. So it's quite interesting in the yeah. sense of like, the reason I asked whether you're a firstborn child is nine times out of ten, we kind of either kind of break the mold or as as a firstborn child myself fall or we we fall in line. Yeah. And so from my perspective as well, like I, I would have loved to, like back in the day when we used to dance, man, it was, it, yeah. that was some of the best times of my life. Um, and so, yeah, if I had brought it up at the time, it in our culture I just truly believe at that time that performing arts or any kind of a creative industry had no real respect in my god god honest opinion in the sense of um our community didn't seem to value uh, it wasn't held up in the sense of someone who is um really valued within the community within the creative art space did not hold any ground to a doctor to a nurse to a lawyer to anything that our culture holds of esteem now i think that culture holds these specific roles to esteem because in where we were uh, brought up and where we kind of were born, these are the people who either save lives or make money or yeah. make or have legacies or make yeah. laws and change things, things yeah. like that. So, so then for us to go performing arts, it was almost like sh- shame on the family. Like, yeah. oh, I can't tell my, I, I think, can't say my son's a dancer. I think deep down, it just goes back to for me, it, it goes back to having to migrate from from one place to the other and start yeah. again. I get it's yes. almost it's almost That's like they. You know, sacrifice everything, their friendships, their family, mm. to you know, uproot and, and you know, and actually give you the platform and give you the tools to you know mm. to enhance. So it was kind of almost like this mm. condition that because I've done this sacrifice for yeah. you, you need to. But yeah, it's, you need it's, to yeah. Make sure you but it's mad of, though because yeah. the fact that they made that sacrifice yeah. and took us from a place where that might not have been an option yeah. to in a place where that is an option to make money from and have a career path, surely. If if anything, that should be the perfect time for us to get into creative arts yeah. and w- to get into performance. I would add as well, actually, just that I think the the, the older I've gotten, the, the more that kind of relationship with the family and the parents mm. has changed and evolved. And actually now, if if we were to have that same conversation, it'd be, it'd be completely different, wouldn't Very it? True. Do you know what I mean? So I think at that time, maybe they just wanted to see that commitment mm. and that dedication rather than particularly, you know, exactly what he did you know yeah um. absolutely absolutely (laughs) and um so that perfectly wraps up um the um kind of audience segment so if you guys ever have any questions um please email us at hello at why didn't you tell me.co.uk and we'll take any questions um relative to the topic and we'll release what topic we're going to do um a couple of weeks prior just so everybody has a bit of context but yeah thank you so much and keep sending in your questions in the theme of why didn't you tell me if you could give your 16 year old self career advice what would it be um i can make a start with that one i'd probably say trust the process yeah nice yeah we were, we were saying this weren't we about consistency yeah yeah, yeah. trust the process and turn up yeah. apply, apply yourself every day that's probably yeah. what i'd say because like you said similar to you kind of worked in bars part-time did some youth work mm. worked in the wine industry mm. recruitment and I kind of got in a place where I'm happy, you know, in terms of what I do. So, yeah, I'd probably say just trust the process and be consistent and turn out would probably be my key message. Mm. And do you know what was interesting? The other day we were talking about it as well. And we talked about and it links actually back to the bit that you said about um, taking year abroad and how in our degree we didn't take advantage of it. Yeah. I tell you what, I'd, t- I'd tell myself to go back and do that, you know, yeah. make sure you take advantage of that year. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. now as individuals who are in positions to hire other people, when we're looking at CVs, like that year in industry, is it actually shows so much yeah. tenacity and like and a passion for what it is that you want to do. And I guess, is, I guess is that the similar for yourself, Felix? Yeah, I think for me, just kind of 
fall, falling into that familiar line is enjoy your youth. Yeah. Oh. Um, I think what we have done <laughs> in terms of our culture and our society is that we've kind of put growth at the pedestal above everything else. Yeah. Where staying in the moment mm. is not the one. And I'd say to my 16-year-old self is that, yes, your future is going to be there, but your moment will not last. Mm. And it is that emphasis to say that what you are experiencing right now will be that life story which gives credence to where you want to take mm. your career. And if you don't take that moment to really taste it, mm. to really feel it, to mm. really Enjoy be it. about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, rinse yeah. it even more. Yeah. Rinse it. Cause I, do you know what? Sometimes I think back and I go, you know what? I'll never change anything. Mm. But I wish if I could give my 16 year old self is actually milk it. Because I think yeah. as well, like on a similar note of growth, Felix, is that at 16, you're so excited to be 21. Come. You're so excited to be 25 or whatever yeah. that you rush through everything. Everything is like, and then you get to 25 and then it, it's interesting because you run through 16, 17, 18 and you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then you hit 21 and you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is moving really quick, you know, boom, 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 boom. 25 and you're like, oh my God, Jesus, Mary and Joseph, backpedal, backpedal, backpedal. Mm. And it is exactly that in the sense of like, rinse it. Rinse it for everything that you've got because you've, yeah. Time is and, on your and side. Do you know what? To add to that as well, I'd probably say try and find something that you love. Yeah. Because I think even though maybe we were talking about, you know, creative arts and yeah. we maybe, you know, didn't quite end up there, we actually do, the core of what we do is still kind of working with yeah. people, you yeah. know, kind of showcasing, I guess, yeah. if you like. So I think it's finding really to the core what you enjoy and what you love mm. um, and actually thinking what's the best career for you. Because I think mm. sometimes... You know, you might be you might be a good match student, but actually, you don't. You know, you're not mm. engaged. You don't get excited by it. So, what what gets you up? You know, what yeah. gets you up in the morning? Find mm. your why, basically. Yeah, so, that is very true. Yeah. And like, even probably like sixteen year olds now, um, I'd probably say it now more than ever. A passion can be a money making career mm. in the sense of how many how many kids are we seeing now on TikTok making hundreds of thousands of pounds an hour? How many people are selling who are passionate about sneakers are doing reselling? How many or even like um, customs or whatever else it may be? How many people do we see in the podcast industry right now exactly as we're doing who have taken their career path in um, whether it's giving advice, guidance, or being that kind of person that kind of you can shine a light on is inspiring, etc. So now more than ever, any sixteen year old, I'd say, you know what? don't even gamers like how many times our mom yeah, tell us put exactly. that playstation play down that don't play games <laughs> do your homework listen yeah. pick it up if it's if you've got a passion in it yeah. and you truly believe you can put all your energy into it do it exactly. if it's playing the piano if it's yeah. playing the xylophone be the best xylophone player that's been about just turn up every day consistency apply yourself, yeah, just like the, just like yeah. the gym we talked about it the other day yeah, isn't it yeah, exactly. the gym isn't yeah. actually difficult the yeah. hard but the hard it's bit is being consistent turn, I've got to say turning up is difficult yeah. <laughs> hard, and I think through all of the things that we have said for obviously we're speaking about our young 16 year old selves now as being you know in our mid late 20s <laughs> but I'd say to the young people right that? now is that find your smile I think especially when we're thinking about COVID when we're thinking mm. about the times that we're living in the hardest thing to do right now is to smile yeah and to find your smile to mm. find what you're passionate about to find your own why mm. because I think what society does is try to group you into a yeah. group yeah. why yeah 
but you were born an individual. Yeah. I feel like I'm in a sermon right now. <laughs> and I'm like, preach. Hallelujah. I'm like, say it again for the people at the back. Excuse me, young lady, can you put your phone down? The pastor's speaking. He's Thank got his intonation, isn't yeah. he? Like, I find your why. I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, take my money. How much? Yeah. I'm like, you take contactless? Contactless on the weekend. Yeah. No, it's, it's cash. But it's nail on the head, isn't it? It, yeah. it, it, it is very much that. In a, in a place where there is no direction, whether it be from our government or from life in general, I think that this has kind of swiped our ankles, this situation at the yeah. moment this year and yeah. you are completely nailing the head in terms of finding your why and finding that drive and finding your smile is realistically if it makes mm-hmm. you happy yeah and don't be don't don't be afraid to fail that's the last oh one. my god yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean Man, I'm still I'm still failing I think I think we're examples of we've tried things stop oh, trying something else stop yeah. and to, you know just keep trying you've got time on your hat on your you know yeah. on your side so yeah I was reading a book um, it was called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Mike, brilliant Mike I recommend Pants, that yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I recommend that I'm reading a, <laughs> I say I'm reading it um, I am definitely audio booking it um, but reading. yeah absolutely and so what they talk about there as well is um that exact same thing in terms of making mistakes and failing and that actually life is a series of mistakes where your most previous your most your latest mistake is better than your last mistake yeah. that's it you're just correcting and in a never-ending series of mistakes and so once you come to terms with that it means that you can then go okay i can accept failure because this yeah. failure means i'm closer to the goal that i'm getting to yeah. yeah but also i think it's also that book what is what's great about it is also it's about giving a fuck about things that, that actually yes. matter you Putting know, your energy that into value video. your family yeah. you know your partners you've got a partner like what would we know? like with friends <laughs> how much value you know? si- do you know what at 16 we yeah. need to all say that we put yeah. far too much energy into people who had who just wanted to take energy from us yeah exactly so it's about determining what you know mm. what, what, what things to kind of you know add value to, to your life mm. your family your friends your job if it's your job whatever mm. it is yeah your mm. passions yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. to be honest, I think that that's a perfect one to end on. To be honest, in the yeah. sense of find your smile, find your passion, stay consistent, and kind of find your why. And that is, um, to be honest, and also definitely check out that book as well. The subtle art of not giving yeah. a fuck. I could really not recommend book. it. The more. audiobook is amazing. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. It's the one. Um, yeah. And have a look at that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, perfect. Amazing. Thank you so much for tuning in to the first episode of Why Didn't You Tell Me? Um, we just want to make a quick shout out first uh, to our sponsor, Northern Monk. Um, thank you so much for putting us in a position where we can speak about um, being young black men, loud and proud. Um, so they produce absolutely incredible beers, so make sure you check those out. Um, we'll put a link in the in the bio somewhere. Uh, but apart from that... So guys, like our social media pages. We really want to hear from you and make sure that you are part of our little community right here. Make sure you rate and review the podcast. It will help people find us. We want you to like, subscribe into all of our social media channels. So that is our YouTube, our Facebook, our Instagram. And I got that wrong. All of them. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>